1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Port Richard's Cafe, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATV Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas home-style cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe located off of Avenue K in Plano. This podcast is also brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I 635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469 400 7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan and Taylor Raglan And gentlemen... It's playoff time. Let's uh, let's preview the uh, the bi-district round for the uh, the Texas High School football playoffs, as is per usual at this juncture of the week. Uh, we uh, we picked five games for y'all to vote on for our Game of the Week poll up at our website, StarLocalMedia.com. Big shout-out to everybody who did vote. And for that, um, we're heading out to Mesquite, Devin. Yes. Game of the Week. A very. Uh, I'd say uh, maybe at the start of the week, we kind of figured this might be a bit of an unlikely selection for Game of the Week. But sure enough, man, uh, Friday, 7 o'clock out at Mesquite Memorial Stadium, uh, Mesquite Potete welcomes College Station a chance to have a, uh, a reigning state champion dethroned in game, in round one of the playoffs
2: yeah and i think maybe that was part of the allure we had a couple of rematches you know out there of games that we saw earlier and um you know that that always brings a different feel, but yeah it's, it's pretty when you get a, a reigning state champion that mm. comes to town uh, that's certainly a, a big draw to good crowd out there at memorial
1: the um just for the uh, just for the sake of uh of what the travel is going to be like for this game on oh man like what a what a what a coup for poteep they get to have this one at home when you can that uh, the alternative, College Station has to travel 188 miles. Yeah about two hours 45 minutes and it's so odd when you consider that just you know they're one district over and that's that's what uh, what the uh, what the consequence is um I mean we can dive right into that because I think that is a very interesting subplot to this just the uh you know I'm I'm of the of the mindset we were talking about this uh, yesterday Taylor that uh, I don't know if home field advantage truly exists in high school football it kind of varies you know venue to venue team to team um but one of the elements that I think does matter though is when you have a lengthy travel not like if you're just on a bus for 45 Minutes or whatnot, but if you're having to travel almost three hours, I mean, that can definitely uh, have an effect on things and the way you play.
3: Yeah, well, it's routine yeah. for me. Like uh, you, you mentioned home field advantage isn't necessarily a thing, but I do think you know, having a routine mm-hmm. at your home field is a thing. You know, maybe it doesn't directly translate to the game, but, you know, for Petite having to, to or getting to, I guess I should say, go through kind of their normal yeah. Friday night routine. It's mm-hmm. it's very it's very familiar, it, it's not outside their comfort zone and, and not the college station, I mean you don't go in state without making some bus trips, but mm-hmm. it's uh it's 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 a different Scenario: Having to go on the road and, and travel multiple hours, and and it takes you out of that routine. I well, think well, a,
2: because that routine is so meticulous. I mean, yeah. every, everything from the minute that they they eat to when they want to start warming, you know, warmups yep. to, to everything is down to the minute, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to adjust. And and you know, first round of playoffs, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's not a deciding factor, I don't think, but it's, it certainly comes into play a little bit, especially early in the game when mm-hmm. you're trying to get your bearings down.
1: As far as kind of a atmosphere goes, I mean, because that's one thing that can contribute to, to home field advantage or whatnot. Like a place like Allen, of course, that's mm-hmm. a home field advantage just because of just all that comes with it. What, um, what kind of I mean? How does Potite kind of what are what are Potite games like from a, from an atmosphere standpoint?
2: Potite draws pretty well okay. uh, on a routine basis. Uh, you know. Mesquite ISD does tend to rally around one another. Um, You lost a couple fan bases because, you know, Mesquite's going to be going to Belton. Yeah. And then Horn's going to be going to Temple. So, um, but I imagine you'll see some, you know, North Mesquite and Poteet aren't too far off. Mm -hmm. West Mesquite and Poteet are rivals. Um, But, you know, really in that school district, more so than some others where they just, they're going to, they may sit on the other side, (laughs) you know, know, to root against uh, their crosstown rivals. You know, Mesquite ISD kind of rallies around each other. And Poteet... um, you know, outside of Mesquite, when Mesquite is really good, Poteet probably draws mm-hmm. better than any other MIT okay. school. So um, I imagine they're going to have a, a good crowd up there. And uh, from what I've you know, heard talking about the people at College Station, even though they're a fairly young program still, um... Is, is a pretty loyal fan base. So. I mean,
1: after last year, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that uh, that support has only grown. a uh, yeah, College Station, the reigning uh, what was it, uh, Class Five A, was a Division, Division Two, Division Two yeah. state champions. And, and, and just the fact, in fact,
2: I've talked to just, I have a group of uh, of friends that just travel. Late. They don't really have any affiliation necessarily. They just travel to go see the you know the best games in the area. Wow. And they were talking about this game as, as one of their possible games they wanted to go see, just because again, it's mm-hmm. it's a, a reigning state champion, mm-hmm. and it seems to be a pretty even matchup. There's some that you kind of look at in that. First, trying to go. I don't know how competitive this is going to be, or you know, I don't know if I make the travel, but it's convenient for a lot of these guys, and um, like I say, should be pretty even at least looking at it on paper.
1: I mean, eight and two versus eight and two uh, with Poteet, Let's talk at least a little bit about what we do know. The team that we have, you know, yeah. it's a little bit closer to home um, with Poteet, They, uh, I mean, they were a hail mary away from <laughs> from winning uh, from winning seven five a Division One. So, um, so what is kind of the read on where Potite is at heading into the season after um, after they're able to at least close out the regular season with a good win against McKinney? North.
2: Yeah, nice bounce back in that game. They were down 21-10 early. Uh, I wasn't actually at the game. I was kind of listening along uh, on the radio, and they gave it 20 points on the first three drives, and you thought, gosh, Mm -hmm. especially is there kind of a hangover from the John Tyler uh, Hail Mary. But, you know, one thing that Poteet's always been able to do under head coach Cody Gross and that staff is make mid game adjustments yeah. they did it even though they lost that game against John Tyler they were down twenty one nothing right up right away they made adjustments they slowed Lions down later on did the same thing in beginning north uh, last week and um this is the time of year that Petite typically hits their stride. Mm-hmm. They, you know, this is this is eight eight out of nine years they have made the playoffs. In all eight of those playoff appearances, they won their first round game. Mm-hmm. They closed the season regular season strong, and again, they're just they're two, two years removed from a state semifinal appearance that nobody expected. Yeah. You know, they've made several runs, three four rounds deep. Uh, you know, during the past decade, and I think their offense is really clicking. Seth McGowan, one of the best running backs in the area, almost fifteen hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns. He's really sick. you know they kind of. Not to say kept him on a leash, but they kept him healthy. He missed you know part of last year with an injury. They you know you saw a lot of those early games. He'd have ten carries. He'd have twelve carries. Well, you look late in the season. He's getting twenty five. Yeah. He had thirty last week against McKinney North. Mm-hmm. You know he's a workhorse and he's proven capable of, mm-hmm. of carrying that load. So look for them to uh, to lean on, uh, continue to lean on him as we head into the playoffs. But they also are not one dimensional. Dalton Dale is a sneaky quarterback. <laughs> you know he doesn't he he's he, he been the about six yards downfield on, on a rope or anything like that. He just he gets the uh, gets the job done he's thrown for uh, almost 1700 yards 16 touchdowns sneaky runner yep. um, as well he can break out of the pocket you know he averages better than six yards a carry uh, with five scores and you know that passing game is is somewhat overlooked over at poteet because seth mcgowan is so good um but they have four receivers cam lapkin uh, devin martin their big six 250 pound sophomore that's just a load to try to cover and even harder to bring down uh Lewis Moore, Tristan Golightly, every one of those guys averages at least eighteen yards a catch, <laughs> and they all have at least twelve receptions. Yeah. So you know they have a big playability through the air, and then the ability to you know grind it on the ground. So you know very balanced is going to be very tough to defend. They average you know almost uh, over forty points a game. So uh,
1: College Station, just a quick idea as to what is uh, what is in store as we try to sound like authority figures on a right. program that's <laughs> almost three hours away. Um, so College Station, obviously, yes, they uh, they had the the halcyon moment of their uh, of the young program last. Last year with winning that state title, doing so, and uh, I mean, I'd imagine, at least on paper, that was a massive upset to down Alito. I, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. anything
3: against Alito last year. <laughs> you take year, Alito,
1: so. yeah, you take down Alito in the playoffs, and that is is—that uh, is definitely making a statement. So they were, um, yeah, they were able to do what they did last season, catching fire and riding that all the way to a state title. They had an 18-game 18, 18 winning streak, you know, heading into the, uh, at least midway through the season before they got tripped up against Lufkin, which is it's turned out is quite, yeah, quite the but, solid ball club.
2: That was also a thumping, though. That was 35-3. It wasn't like oh, yeah, they yeah. got edged. No, no, so. no. But Lufkin not, is very good yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. Lufkin's top five in the state yeah you know what you're gonna get with Lufkin is they're always <laughs> they're always solid um, and then they uh, you know it's kind of been a little bit up and down since then you know they went to overtime the following week with a Magnolia team that went five and five they were able to win that 41 to 38 um, and then they you know had some uh, had some struggles in their regular season finale they lost um, in a game where they were just out um, just out snapped handily I mean uh, 77 to 53 and a loss to, uh, to Magnolia West I believe just 27 to 21 was the final score mm-hmm. um, so it's like a that they have the state championship pedigree, the experience, the battle testedness, and whatnot. But they, um, it's not, it's not exactly the same team as last yeah. year. They returned just eight starters from that uh, mm-hmm. from that state title team, just four on each side of the ball. Um, their quarterback Brandon Williams is a converted wide receiver, so naturally you'd expect that he has an element of speed to his game. And then, yes, he's a dual threat quarterback. He um, he's thrown for um, 1,600 yards, 63% completion, 17 touchdowns. Um, you know, and he's you know maybe not you know not the biggest game breaker on the ground. His longest carry of the season is just um, just. 18 yards, averages three and a half yards per carry, but he does tend to use that uh, that frame of his. He's six foot two, 210 pounds, so he can be a bit of a handful, you know, and definitely uh, definitely a good weapon in short yardage situations. Um, their run game it does kind of split between Williams and then their two uh, their two lead running backs, uh, Colby Cashin and sophomore uh, Roderick Brown, both averaging right around five yards per carry. Um, their lead receiver is actually their tight end, yeah. Peyton Rusk, uh, six foot two, 200 pounds. He's caught 38 balls for 486 yards and four touchdowns and yes he's a traditional tight end so that' could be an element that the Poteet defense hasn't necessarily seen much of this year I'm guessing um, you know other guys to keep note of at the uh, on the outside Zachary Williams Austin Sosa you know they lead the team with five uh, five touchdown catches apiece um, defensively they're anchored I'm in the secondary by um, a three-star Texas Tech commit uh, Brandon Joseph their safety he can be used a little bit on both sides of the ball as well as a, as a receiver plus they have another solid cornerback Ryan Stapp. he's got an offer from Air Force plus um, linebacker Garrett Draper defensively of Lyman Tomlinson. um The thing with this matchup, at least, you know, kind of going through, because I feel like you can learn more about these teams in defeat that you can in victory. One commonality between their, um, you know, their losses, and then even the close game that they had against Magnolia is that they can be ball controlled. You know, teams like, you know, Lufkin uh, jumped out on them twenty-one nothing to start, and they did have a ninety-four yard touchdown pass during that mix, but um, a lot of it was on the ground. A lot of it was just playing game of keep away. And then I mentioned, you know, Magnolia West trips them up. You know, out snaps them by tw- 24 snaps so I mean it, there is definitely a template there and you mentioned uh, and even like I said against uh, you know against Magnolia they gave up 337 rushing yards in that game so there is definitely a blueprint there if Poteet should decide to ride you know Seth McGowan as yeah. as they will do and him and his I mean what is he averaging like seven and a half yards per carry something crazy yes, like yes, that yeah. And that's all and when you factor in the volume and that he's still been that consistent from an out from, from a from an efficiency standpoint I mean that's yeah that is definitely a nice little road Roadmap to a potential victory there for Potteet.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. And and, and again, that's that's where Dalton Dale also comes in because he runs that little play fake, and you know everybody's keyed on Seth McGowan. you th- you, you almost start to write it down. Okay, mm-hmm. game three, Dalton Dale still running around the edge yeah. because he just kind of sneaks out there. Uh, the other thing I'm really interested to see is is how uh, the College Station attacks the Potteet defense. Yes, Potteet defense has been solid. I mean, they're giving up 333 yards a game, only 137 yards through the air. Mm-hmm. So. a um, a little bit more vulnerable on the ground but they have all these their back seven is just full of playmakers I mean Jalen Hodo their outstanding safety mm-hmm. leads the team in tackles with 89 he had a 23 tackle game early this season uh, Christopher Moldrew, Jeremiah Record Joe Thomas Jonathan Capp Jalen Uptight, Uptight Quincy Newsome Bershard Glaspie Every week, week in, week out, these guys are, you know, 7, 8, 10, 12, 15 tackles. And, uh, again, that, that secondary with Jalen Hodo, with Cam Lampkin and Lewis Moore, who played both ways, um, somewhat out of necessity. They lost their outstanding uh, defensive back, Dorian Morris, mm-hmm. in, in you know, three weeks ago to an injury. So, And Potina's done this late in the season before. They'll turn their skill guys on offense and put them in on defense. They play different roles. I mean, uh, Cam Lampkin and, and Lewis Moore play a lot on defense. They even brought it when they against John Tyler. The play before the Hail Mary, Seth McGowan had a sack that looked like it was in the game. So they'll pull these guys in, but as a unit, they have ten interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. Again, only one hundred thirty-seven yards to the air. So I think if College Station is going to be able to win this game, they're going to have to take advantage of their ground game because Poteet does not give a, give up a lot uh, with that secondary.
1: What do we make of just the kind of the slow starts that Poteet's defense has had in recent weeks? You know, it, it's just a matter of
2: adjusting. Part mm-hmm. of it was that they got hit with big plays uh, by the opposing defense as well. I mean. Yeah, John Tyler had pick six. And I think just kind of adjusting to the speed of the game, it's kind of hard. To, you see these teams on mm-hmm. film. You know, John Tyler has great athletes, and they have a lot of speed. And it catches you. If there's only so much you can do watching on film, I think they, McKinney North caught him off guard last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of had a change in personnel from what they were used to, you know, different quarterback, different running back than I think a lot of the tape they had. Yeah. And um, again, but I mentioned it before. That's why I think this is very important this week, too, because... It's really hard to gauge, you know, a team that's three hours away. Yeah. You don't see there's no common opponents. All you can do is see what you see on film. But that's why I mentioned the mid game the you know mid game adjustments that poteet has been so good at. They, they were they've been good at this year. They've been good at it in past years. And I think that's going to be a big key as well. College Station's going to come in with their game plan, but I think the Poteet defensive staff is going to be able to adjust to that.
1: Who do we think is going to win?
2: I'll go
3: first since <laughs> I haven't said much. Yeah. Um, I, I took Poteet, I think just on the basis of you know we talked about not. Uh, you know, having home field advantage, but the travel is a is a mm-hmm. factor. We've seen in that district, even you know, all year with teams having to go to Sherman or go to John Tyler or whatever. You know, it's it's certainly a factor and affects you know how teams show up. I think the College Station is a different team um, than it was last year, and, yeah. and I think Poteet's just just rolling right now. So I took I took uh, I took Poteet. I too uh, took Poteet. Um Just the uh,
1: I, I like the ceiling of Poteet's offense a bit more. One thing that um you know just looking back at some of the uh, you know some of the highlights. From uh, College Station's run last year was they had um they had some uh, quite a bit of explosion with their offense. They definitely had between uh you know between quarterback uh you know Marquez Perez uh, running back to Madrick Anderson. I mean those two were uh, very very instrumental in just being able to, and just the element of speed that they brought to that state title game against Toledo. I don't necess- I don't necessarily see as much speed relative to what Potite has. You know looking at this uh, at this matchup and I just the just the general explosiveness of the two offenses. You know you mentioned Dalton Dale and just you know, the job that he's done—I mean, 18 and a half yards per completion. I mean, yeah. that's, that is no joke. Yeah. Versus just a, you know 12.9 for uh, for Brandon Williams with uh, with College Station. You know, Seth McGowan averaging almost eight yards a carry on almost 200 carries per season. on the uh, on the season. And then you mentioned those wide receivers, you know, all averaging at least 18 yards per catch. Um, so I just yeah I just like the uh, the game breaking ability of their offense quite a bit more than College Station's. Plus the ability to replicate the ball control style that has it uh, has given College Station some troubles uh, this season and then obviously the home field aspect as well. So I, too, took Botete, which is weird because I have to look back and see when the last time a reigning state champion got eliminated in the first round the following year. It doesn't feel like that happens often, so yeah. it might be uh, the This is definitely
3: might... the conditions yeah. for it, though, it seems like. Yeah. The so.
1: odds might not necessarily be in uh, in our favor on that one, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, Devin, where did you uh, where did you sit on this one?
3: Uh,
2: the same. Yeah. I took uh, For a lot of the reasons you li- that you uh, listed, their offense, I think, is just... The season opener, they lost to, De- to Dent Ryan 28 14 That's really the only defense that's really contained them. Mm-hmm. Dent Ryan's contained pretty much everybody they played yeah, from a mm-hmm. defensive standpoint. The College Station has got a solid defense. They're only giving up 17.8 points per game, but I think this is just a little bit different animal. I think that Poteet offense is hitting its stride, and I think the defense is going to play well up, and their big playability. You know, Cam Lampkin had the pick six last week. That really proved to be the difference in the game against mm-hmm. McKinney North. Jalen Hodos had two pick sixes on the season. I think they come up with a couple big plays, a couple of big turnovers that kind of turn the tide, but I still think there's going to be some points scored on both sides. Uh, you know, Potite has been a kind of bend but don't break, you know, particularly early in these mm-hmm. games sometimes, so I'm thinking, you know, Potite in a 35-28 type game.
1: Yeah, despite the, uh, you know, both teams with identical records and then College Station with the state championship experience, this was a 5-1 nod in favor of the Pirates on Friday, as on the three of us, plus Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy uh, taking Potite, uh, Kendrick Johnson, Mr. Lone Wolf himself, mm-hmm. rolling with College Station in this one, and that is a yeah, that's a look at your game of the week. Obviously, that's just our vantage point from this one, but um, obviously, want to get some input from one of the key pieces to that uh, Mesquite Potete squad, uh, Lewis Moore, Potete's uh, Swiss Army knife, Devin, yes. and Mister Mister Do It All for the Pirates, and um, Devin had a chance to talk with Lewis, um, you know, beforehand on just Potete season up to this point and um, the big game Friday against College Station. We'll hear what Lewis had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD Painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD Painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, y'all. This is Devin Hassan. I'm out here at Poteet High School. I'm being joined by Lewis Moore, a
2: senior do-everything, senior for the uh, Poteet Pirates as we discuss our game of the week. Uh, Poteet and College Station, the Class 5A Division I, by district round, uh, out at Mesquite Memorial Stadium, 7 o'clock Friday night. Uh, should be a great game. Uh, Lewis, you guys have been here before. Uh, you get into the playoffs. This is kind of the third season, so to say. Um,
4: what's the kind of the mood like in the locker room? Is it excitement? Is it calmness? Kind of describe how y'all approach practice this week. We hype and we know what we got to do. We are we you ready to go. We ready for the game Friday and we gonna play hard. Just can't, to just can't, can't wait, huh? Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all have been. Uh, it's it's been kind of a uh, an interesting season. You
2: start off with a tough loss. It didn't rain. Then you reel off seven straight. I have to ask you because I got you right here. You're in the Tyler, John Tyler. Uh, best games I've seen all season long. Uh, kind of take me through. Were you on, now, first off, were you on the field in that last play? No, sir. Okay, okay. One of the few times you weren't. Uh, what's it like, I guess, going through the emotions of you? come you, Y'all come back and, and take the lead 15 seconds
4: left, basically, and then they come and they throw just the impossible pass. Uh, how tough is it, a loss like that to get over? Well, it was tough at first because, for one, it was our like seeing night. Like, but we knew what we had to do. For the next week, we just had to get over that game, come back to practice, work hard for the rest of the week. And obviously, y'all are playing for a home game against McKinney North, but also for momentum and just for kind of restoring some of that confidence. How important was that victory last week? It was really important because we we wanted to start off our playoff run at home instead of going three hours to College Station. And now we we built confidence on that game to build our first round. Okay. Now, you obviously play offense. You play defense. You play special teams. You know, rarely miss a play. You have a favorite role out of those three, or they all kind of equally fun? I like special teams more. (laughs) I like special teams. Because going on special teams, they set the move for the offense. Like on palm returns, like when our defense gets a stop on pump returns, it can start the offense at a good field position. And then on kickoff, it can change the whole momentum of a game. Okay Now as you're a senior You've been through this before uh, From a leadership standpoint
2: Do you do anything different With some of those young kids uh, The younger players That may not have been there Before this week Or is it
4: kind of Business as usual As far as the way Y'all approach it I mean we let them know How, how real it is Because this could be Our last game So yeah. you gotta take This different rig, So you get another chance Next week with it. Now it's one and done So we got to let them know what's going on. And and Poteet has kind of had a tradition here um,
2: in the last eight, eight, nine years, Uh, not just making the playoffs, but making some noise when you've been there. You know, a couple trips to the state semifinals, a couple trips other trips to the regional finals, um,
4: always winning that first-round game. How important is that to all as players as far as kind of carrying on that tradition? Uh, It's a legacy, and we feel like we got to stand up to that legacy and not let it fall because we we hold to a high standard, so we got to keep it going. Okay. Now,
2: uh, obviously, you have had a few days now to watch film of College Station to kind of get an idea of, of what they bring to the
4: table. What have you kind of seen? What are your uh, thoughts on this uh, on Friday's game in terms of your opponent? I think they're pretty good. I think they match up will with us. I think it should be a good game, and they the the state champion, so we got to come harder and work harder. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then big picture, obviously, you got to take care of the one Friday first. But uh, what's kind of your feel for what this team can accomplish in, in terms of a playoff run? I think we can go deep in the playoffs. We all know what the ultimate goal is, which is a state title for all of us. So we we got our roles on the team, and we know we got to stand up to it. And we all going to do what we got to do. Fantastic. Well, I think that'll about do it here at Poteet High School.
2: Lewis Moore, appreciate you jumping on with us. Yes, sir. And best of luck on Friday night. And again, now
1: back to the podcast. Thanks again to Lewis Moore of, uh, of mesquite Potete for taking the time to chat with Devin for our student-athlete spotlight, previewing our Game of the Week, mesquite Potete versus College Station, Friday, 7 o'clock, out at Mesquite Memorial Stadium. we got four more games on the docket to discuss, though, gentlemen, so let's talk about the game that uh, I think maybe at first glance we thought this might end up getting Game of the Week just because of the track record of these two scouts oh, yeah. in the Game of the Week poll. No, sorry. What uh, what happened, Plano East? What happened, Saxy? Yeah, uh, yeah no, they, they won it first. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. resting on their laurels. <laughs> Shame on y'all uh, let's see Friday 7 o'clock out at Homer B. Johnson Stadium a rematch from week 3 Saxy welcomes Plano East um, obviously you guys have been covering these teams all season long so uh, yeah just give me your quick picture of this game and just what you think this one boils down to
3: I took Plano East, um, but this game is is going to look very different than the 29-7, to you know, Week 3 uh, affair that these two teams had back when <laughs> the weather was going nuts and, and everything was crazy, but, um, you know, Saxy with, with Derrick Rose uh, moving from, from out wide to under center has is, is really kind of taken on a new look to its offense, and I think they had like 403 rushing yards last week or something in their, mm-hmm. in their dismantling of, of Rowlett, so yes. it's a new look offense, they're dynamic, um, and, and we'll see. I think the key will be uh, the Plano especially the defensive line with Jalen Brown in the middle, and, and their, their kind of banged up linebacker core, uh, who they should get some pieces back, and it'll be key how they handle that, that Saxey rushing attack, um, but also key will be, you know, how sexy and, and that impressive defense deals with, one, the loss of Hunter Spears, uh, and two, Brandon Mallory, the, the area's yeah. leading public school uh, passer, I think, at all classifications, um, like 2,938 yards or something almost 3,000 on the year just in the regular season so um, that East offense is, is plenty dynamic on its own It's it's got a ton of weapons outside um, and, and I think this is going to be a fantastic football game but I think there's just a little bit more um, to like on the East offensive side of the ball and, and a little bit more big playability. They have like four touchdowns on drives under a minute to start the second half against Jesuit last week and, and they can just do that to, to pretty much anybody so it'll be interesting but, but I took East in a, in a close one.
2: I have Sachse, uh getting a measure of revenge. You mentioned that this is just such a different team. Once yeah. they made the move, uh, moving Derrick Rose. And, and not just making that move, but they spread out their, their workload in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Miles Nash, Torrey Washington... K.J. Williams, and then you throw Derek Rose into the mix. it on the ground. That gives them four explosive backs. Over 400 yards against Rowlett. Uh, But, you know, the defense, I think, is going to be the big key for Sachse. They did lose 29-7 in that first meeting, but this was a 7-7 game for the longest time, and all of a sudden, look Mm -hmm. up and play no east is up. And, uh, you know, you don't know if fatigue came into into play at all for for Sachse that day. Uh, Yes, they are missing Hunter Spears, but that decent line rotates eight guys Mm -hmm. in and out, and those other guys stepped up last week. They held well at 100 102 uh, yards. Uh, they've held their opponents to nine points or less in five of their last six games. And uh, you mentioned the passing game with Brayden Mallory. That's going to be a, a great matchup uh, mm-hmm. wherever Braylon Brooks lines up. Braylon yep. Brooks with nine interceptions this year, <laughs> three he's taken back for touchdowns. Yeah. Micah Buchanan is another ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have playmakers back there. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, similar to the first two and a half, three quarters uh, mm-hmm. last time. But I, I do think Saxie is much improved from where they were back in week three, and I expect them to win it. You know, in a one-score game.
3: Right, Robinson. On that defense too. That was the one guy I talked to to Joe McCall out there for a, a feature at East, and he had a lot to say about Bryce Robinson and, and what he brings to that Texas yes, defense. Yes. So Bryce, Bryce was our
2: player spotlight. Yeah. We yep. go for the end. Certainly yes,
3: no a, lack of playmakers even with even with Spears out. Yeah, and, and he you know he's,
2: the, he's a Texas Tech commitment. Mm-hmm. And he's really the guy in that you know kind of four to five variation uh, defense that they run. You know depending on who they're they're lining up against. But he's the guy. He's their captain on the field. Their leader on mm-hmm. the field from that middle linebacker spot, and uh, certainly a difference maker.
1: Uh, despite Plano East drawing first blood in this matchup back in Week Three, um, folks are buying into the Saxey resurgence. This was a four to two nod in favor of the Mustangs in Friday's rematch. Uh, Devin, you, Justin Thomas, Kendrick Johnson, Brian Murphy, y'all rolling with Saxy. You and I, Taylor, the Plano Star Courier <laughs> duo, riding with uh, riding with Plano East to get what would be, I guess, what are we, the first win for the first playoff win for Plano East since two thousand nine, the first playoff win for Plano ISD yeah. since two thousand twelve. Feels like come on, Plain Ohio State. You know, <laughs> that's too
2: long a drought. I think sometimes when you look at it, it, it there is a tendency to look at that last mm-hmm. game, similar to the college stage, mm-hmm. coming off a loss. And, but I think in this case, you look at what, what Sacksy was able to do mm-hmm. to Rowlett, yeah. and what was
1: that's a bit of an eye-opening result. We yeah.
2: thought, we, we all said last week because it was our game of the week that it was going to come down to the wire. That's why we thought it was voted mm-hmm. our game of the week, and it was just a dismantling.
1: How is, like? How did this year's Sacksy team handle Rowlett with more ease than last year's team did? They dominated wow. the trenches. Wow, that just I mean, seems so improbable with how good
2: that team was that, last year. That's another factor that oh, we, we mentioned the running game. I should have mentioned the offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. Saxey, when the first time mm-hmm. they played Plainoise, was very young on the offensive line. Yeah. three sophomores starting. Mm-hmm. Those guys were trying to get their bearings. Not to mention they didn't really have an offensive identity. Now everything mm-hmm. seems to be clicking, and um, you know it's a, like I said before, a lot different team.
1: Let's see, uh, let's go to a matchup between District 5 6, a and District 66 6, a One of several ones on the picket line this week that I think gave quite a few of us some fits because I'm not sure what to make of these two districts. And we'll learn a lot about just kind of how you like which district, you know, their parity is more mm-hmm. impressive than another team's parity because, yeah, this uh, these these matchups between 5-6-A 6, and 66 6, a could go a number of different directions, including one Friday 7 o'clock out of Keller ISD Stadium, Hebron versus Fossil Ridge. Mm-hmm. Another rematch from non-district play and one that... Uh, went in favor of Fossil Ridge in fairly convincing fashion, 37 to 17. It was a weird result, just given that Hebron was just coming off just this impressive blowout of Arlington Martin and just riding high, and yeah, they ran into a bit of a, a bit of a stumbling block there with Fossil Ridge. But so why is this on game of the week then? Why was this one of the game of the week nominees? And you know they, it was a twenty point game. Well, there was a uh, there was a bit of a, a caveat to that yeah. first one, and that was a uh, there was a Trajan Bridges sized void on that Hebron offense as their uh, as their top offensive player, um, one of the top wide receivers in the state, was uh, sidelined by a concussion during that first meeting. He'll be in action on Friday. So the question remains: Is Trajan Bridges alone enough to make up twenty points? Devin, where'd you lean on this one?
2: You know, just not having seen either one of these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, obviously, Obviously I've seen Trajan Bridges in his highlight film and he's certainly gonna be a difference maker, you know, both on the Mm -hmm. ground and in the passing game. Uh, that can't be discounted. But I just, Fossil... it's hard to ignore that 20 point deficit yeah. uh, uh, in the first game. And you look at Fossil Ridge and who they played, you know, they took Ditton Ryan to overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost to South Lake Carroll, but everybody that plays, mm-hmm. that's played South Lake Carroll has come up short. Lost a tough game to Keller, but they also have an impressive win over Flower Mound in the season open. Yeah, people. That looks had, awesome and, and now. And I thought, it's yeah, better to help. thought, okay, 14 to 10, that was, a, you know, between two, you know, teams that you didn't really know what to make of, uh, but they beat Guyer. And then, like I said, they mm-hmm. the, the win over Heber. And so, you know, it's going to be closer. I don't expect a 20-point margin, but I still got give to give the answer to Fossil
1: Ridge. It is insane to think that Flyer Amount at one point scored only 10 points in a game this <laughs> <Yeah>. season <laughs> right. and still finishes with like like the top five offense in the area. Um, I actually am going with Hebron to, to get the job done in the rematch, and I do think Bridges makes that much of a difference. Not just the, like what he means to that offense is just kind of their, is their safety valve. I mean, you know that you can just put the ball wherever with him, and he's going to make something happen. Um, but I just think back to earlier in the season, the job that they did to at least him in the backfield, and that if they mm-hmm. should call upon it, that he's capable of running the ball. They even mm-hmm. did some direct snap, some wildcat stuff with him, you know, near the goal line that was really impactful against uh, you know their opener against Plano. I um, mean, just like I also think that back then that game was also the just the second varsity start for their quarterback Carson Harris, mm-hmm. and um, to not have you know your top receiver in that game, and you know I think that definitely kind of limited the the ceiling of the Hebron offense in a, in a way that you know perhaps maybe didn't allow them to uh, to run the the same kind of stuff that they normally. It was weird because. because. Because it's like the second time in three weeks that that offense was significantly hamstrung, um, personnel-wise. But um, so yeah, I think that um, you know, at least Bridges' impact will be enough to where it sways things in the other direction. I'm not taking this. This is not a confident pick by any stretch, but I do think Hebron uh, will have enough at full strength to to get the job done. Uh, Let's see. And for this one, there was a. uh, I think it was was dead even. It was a dead even. Wow. 3-3 split. This was, uh, let's see, myself, Justin Thomas, Brian Murphy taking Hebron. The two of y'all plus Kendrick taking Fossil Ridge. We'll see. Let's see. um, Another... Another five six a versus six six a matchup. Uh, these there's a little bit more familiarity between these two teams. This one is actually Saturday, two o'clock out at Dragon Stadium. Uh, Southlake Carroll welcomes Capel. This is actually going to be the uh, 49th time that these two teams have hooked up, um, despite limited time in the uh, in the same district. Southlake holds a forty one to seven edge in this series though, and um, I mean yeah, like I a it's just tough to go. Like, it it felt like it, it felt odd picking a defending state champion to lose in the first round. It feels even more just strange picking. South Lake to lose in the first round. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, Capel just again, like we've talked about Capel all season, just a tad too inconsistent for my yep. case in that district. Who knows? We'll see this weekend. Maybe it was just a symptom of that district being really balanced, which you could definitely make a case between those top four, top five teams that was the case. Um, but yeah, I just it's just tough to go against that dragon mystique at this time. You're talking about teams that ramp it up during the playoffs.
2: Well, and Capel, and you, you know, they go seven and three, but they have two one point wins. And a two point win. Yep, <laughs> They came on a last second, yeah. you know, fifty six yard field goal. Uh, so you know they they're real close to being four and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, they're certainly capable. You know, Ryan Hurt, Jonathan McGill, those guys uh, are, but they're gonna have to score keep up with Southlake Carroll. I don't know if they... They only average 24 and a half points a game. Yep. I don't know if that's in the fire And power scored to six keep, on Lewisville. Yeah, yeah. To keep up with, um, you know, Will Bowers and T.J. McDaniel and that Southlake you know, offense that, you know, rolls up 42 a game on average and a lot of times has had their starters at for the second half. Yeah, yep. uh, I just don't know if Cop- has the firepower to keep up with that. It yeah. was
1: a it was a clean sweep in favor of Southlake Carroll in this one. Yep. what a few, only a few clean sweeps on the picket line this week. Um, let's round this out with a game out at the 5a level um, a rematch of last year's regional final <laughs> that's right what a what a draw for for Mansoor legacy and frisco lone star as uh, as they rematch friday seven o'clock at frisco isd memorial stadium uh lone star you know has been on the uh, they were on the this state rankings radar all season long until that they got tripped up by that uh by that hook and ladder against the colony that went viral um but lone star looking to uh to get a measure of revenge, despite a new look team from both sides of the ball, obviously, you know, we've talked about the uh, you know Lone Star having to replace their horses on offense, um, Legacy having to do so despite you know not didn't appear that way at the start of the season, but then you know their starting quarterback, star safety Jalen Catalan, goes down with a season-ending injury back in Week One. They've had to regroup around that. Um, I don't know, Taylor, where did you uh, what, what led you to your pick in this one?
3: Man, there's it's just a lot of uh, a lot of tough picks <laughs> this week. Except, I mean, I, I the Capel Carroll pick was probably the easiest one and the one I filled out first, but I think that Lone Star, despite some some inconsistency, I mean, you look at the the offensive struggles, especially um, you know early in the year, how good that defense was, but then mm-hmm. going out and scoring, you know, just literally almost never <laughs> and winning games ten to seven over and over yeah. and over, 14-10. it seemed like. It's, so it's 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 just tough, man. You you don't know. Um, with with both teams being so different than last year, it's tough to, to go against uh, the result from last year. But I, I think that, that Lone Star is just rolling. I think that they um, you know they get the home uh, playoff game in the first round. They get to exact that revenge. Like mm-hmm. you said, I'm sure that's a narrative that you know they've they've harped on plenty this season. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that defense and, and as stout as it's been, you know, with, with the quarterback out, with Catalan out, uh, will be enough <laughs> to overcome uh, potentially another slow week offensively. Well, plus, M- manfield Legacy hasn't been able to score.
2: Yeah, Once Cat- Catalan went down, I mean, they averaged 31.2 points. But if you look at their schedule, a lot of that was padded against DISD schools that they ranked 65 nothing. You know, yeah. in, their, in, in their losses uh, against their rivals, they scored seven points against Mansfield. Uh, they scored eight points against Lancaster, seven points. Against Highland, against Highland Park, and that Frisco Lone Star defense is every bit as good yeah. as each of those units, so I just don't think Legas Lang- is going to be able to score. I mean, it may be a 14-7
3: to 7 time game. It's going to be a Lone like, Star game, I think. Yeah. A, a very indicative of their entire season. But I, I think that Lone Star defense is the difference. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whatever kind of inconsistencies there have been on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the side of the ball I should say, yeah, talking is hard. <laughs> um, that defense has been just as good as there is at the 5A level, and yeah, I think that'll be enough to, to will them to the finish line in, uh, in this Definitely a, 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 a super sized first round matchup, just given the uh, the trajectory of these two programs over the years. And yeah, surprisingly, despite the uh, you know legacy getting the nod last year, everybody's on that Lone Star War wagon. <laughs> they think that the uh, the Rangers will have enough to uh, enough to get out of the first round at least. So yeah, a clean sweep for Lone Star in this one. And yeah, I guess that'll do it, gentlemen. As far as some um, coverage goes, uh, Devin, what you got on your radar for Friday? I will be at
2: Mesquite Memorial Stadium for the aforementioned Poteet and College Station showdown.
1: I'll be out at it? Uh, Homer B. Johnson. I was yeah, going to say Williams for yeah. a second, but no. Saxy doesn't want to play at its home venue. <laughs> um, I'll be out at Homer B. Johnson Stadium for the aforementioned game between Plano East and Saxey. I was on, I was there for round one. It was a weird game. Let's see if round <laughs> Let's see what round two has in store.
3: How about you, Taylor? I am state volleyball man. That's right. Friday. Yeah, I will not even be yeah. on football this week because we have three teams: uh, Lovejoy at 1 p.m., mm-hmm. uh, Plano West at 5 p.m., and Flower Mound at 7 p.m. All at the state volleyball mm-hmm. tournament. So I will be out there all day uh, with dispatches from all of that. Uh, all of those going on.
1: Holding it down at the Curtis Cowell Center out yep. in Garland. She so you won't be too far away. Nope. Alright, and yeah, that'll, uh, that'll just about do it, though, for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Um, obviously, we'll be covering the playoffs all throughout the remainder of the week. You can check out our game stories as well as video highlights, rapid reaction podcasts, all that good stuff at our website StarLocalMedia.com. Folks, enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group, located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements.